Yes, I know what you're thinking. Where's Blake? Not again. Not again. <clears throat> Blake is speaking at Bedrock. It's just in Virginia tonight. Bedrock, Virginia. Next week, he will be back. We promise, Lord willing, unless the Lord comes before then. That'd be awesome, though. That'd be great. But he is in Virginia tonight, and he asked me to speak. Uh, he's bringing his series on prayer starting next week. And um, I know that Jay brought a tremendous message on prayer last week. I'm not speaking about prayer. I'm speaking about building for the future. He asked me if I would speak about entering into a new season, how we build for the future, building the future. So I want you to take your Bibles, if you have them, or your uh, technology, whatever you've got, First Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at that. But I'm talking about prayer, although I'm not speaking about prayer tonight, I, isn't it something what happened this week with DeMar Hamlin, this Buffalo Bills football player? Have you ever heard prayer talked about so much in uh, the media? It's been crazy. And what's awesome is everybody's been praying, and God has answered the prayer. What are they going to do now? Right? Because God has really answered prayer. Everybody's been praying, and I, I mean, I actually saw uh, two ESPN uh, sportscasters Actually, did anybody else see that? They actually bowed their heads, and they prayed during the uh, newscast. I don't know the last time I ever saw that, right? So uh, we praise the Lord for that. I want to talk about this, this idea of building for the future, and I got a question for you. Now, I love how, like, uh, Blake always starts with the question. Well, here's my question. Let's put it up there. Who are you? Who are you? Uh, when we talk about building for the future, building into something new, if we don't know who we are, we're going to have a problem. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter describes, he sort of introduces who he is. He just says, Peter. Let me read through verses 1 and 2 because that's all we're going to talk about tonight. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Then he says, to those who are elect exiles. Would you say that? Elect exiles. Would you say that with me? Elect exiles of the dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. Notice the colon. Then it says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter wants to start right off at the very beginning of who he is and who he belongs to. It's not about what he's done. It's really what about, more about what Jesus, what God has given him. Peter's life, of course, didn't start off as an apostle. It started as a fisherman. He was asked to be a disciple, to follow Jesus Christ. And it wasn't the easiest early seasons, seasons of following Christ. He was a disciple who couldn't quite get it right, right? He was a guy who, who spoke wrong things impulsively. His actions were impulsive. Jesus actually called Peter Satan one time, and he denied Jesus Christ after he was warned that it was going to happen. You'd think that would be done. You'd be done after that, but Peter was not finished. Through Christ's restoration, think about this, through Christ's restoration, not only was Peter forgiven, Yes, but he also found his identity and his calling in a new season. Christ now had risen from the dead. 
He was getting ready to build his church. And he looked at Peter and he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes, yes. And Peter was off to his new calling and became an apostle when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and went to heaven. He says, go out and preach the gospel. He became the cornerstone of the church, as Christ said. To be able to move forward, to build on what's next in your life, this is a brand new year, we need to know who we are in Christ, in Christ. This second verse says, he introduces the, the audience to who he's writing it to. He's an apostle. He says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, etc., etc. Elect exiles. Peter is writing to persecuted Gentiles. These aren't Jews. These are persecuted Gentile Christians. They're dispersed among all these different Roman providences out there. And they've been dispersed because of the fact that they believe in Jesus Christ. Now just pause and think about that for a second. Let's understand who Peter is and who he's writing to. He's writing to all these dispersed Christians who, because of their faith in Jesus Christ, have had to leave their homes. This is about 50 years after Christ's resurrection. The church is going strong, but now the pressure is coming upon believers who believe in Jesus Christ. It's not just Jewish believers now. There's Gentile believers. There's churches springing up. But now some are going to be paying with their very lives because they believe in Jesus Christ. These are elect exiles. I think that's an interesting terminology because that is exactly who we are. They're living in this world. We're exiled. It's a strong word, but we sense that. We sense that. Chosen by God to be different. If you believe in Christ, you've heard his voice, decided to follow, you are the elect. Some people don't get an invitation. You've heard the invitation. You've accepted the invitation. You've invited him into your life. But we live in a foreign land. Think about this. You've been chosen by God to not fit in to this secular world. Sometimes misunderstood. Many times not in the majority. You feel like that? You ever feel like you're not in the majority? I just walk outside. You'll feel that real fast. Okay? You've been called to not fit in, to not be in the majority. I just saw a Barna study uh, that came out, and he said that one out of four now in America, a number of years ago, it was, it was two out of, I think it was three out of five. Now it's one out of four people in America are practicing Christians. So what does, what does that mean, practicing Christians? It means you're in church at least two times a month. And you read your Bible. You admit that you read your Bible and you're active in some capacity in your church. That is what it means to be an active, practicing Christian in America today. And we're down to one out of four Americans. Actually, after the pandemic and everything, I'm surprised, you know, you wonder how many are actually active out there in the church of Jesus Christ. Because we're elect exiles and we feel odd sometimes or we're not in the majority, maybe sometimes you feel like, 
God is turning his back on us. But the fact is, God's not turning his back on us. That's God claiming us as his own, separating you out of the mass of humanity in this world. We are different. Sure, you're different. Or we're supposed to be different. The word peculiar is used in the King James Version. But this is not your home. We, we don't live here, Peter's reminding them. So our values are different. Our goals are different. Our hopes are different. Our purposes are different. And our purpose is to what? As believers and followers of Christ is to glorify God. Well, no wonder we're in a minority in this world because not too many people are out there looking to glorify God with their lives. The pandemic hit. It shook up a lot of things, but the church is one of them. Some people I, will, will never go to church again. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that there'll be some people that have just decided church is not for me. But on the other hand, uh, many churches have found the Internet. They found a way to share the gospel across the Internet. And so more people perhaps are hearing and seeing churches just like Bedrock than ever did before. When I went to Massachusetts a few years ago to uh, help a church up there just north of Boston, they had never been on the air before. They had to create an opportunity to be seen in their congregation because their church was shut down up there. And so what came out of that was now some diversity in the church of Jesus Christ around the world, people hearing the gospel. Of course, if you're online and you, you see those reels and you see all these different things, and there's, there's the gospel of Jesus Christ is all over the place right now like it wasn't pre-pandemic. That's just the truth. That's a fact. Of course, there's a lot of other junk on there too. But, but the gospel, we can count on. Now, C.S. Lewis said this. C.S. Lewis said, if you struggle to fit into this world, perhaps it's because you were made for another world. Now, I don't know if, if you really truly understand that. And if you're a, a new believer in Christ, if you're a new follower in Christ, that really may be hard for you to take because a lot of new believers or a, a lot of folks want to be able to fit in with the same group of people that they were with before. But the problem is when you place yourself in those situations, um, it's a dangerous situation. And we live in a dangerous world. So you have to kind of decide, you know, as a follower in Jesus Christ, Peter says, I'm, a, I'm a, an exiled believer. I'm an elect exile. <laughs> I've heard the invitation. I want you to understand the election. The idea is that you've heard, you've heard the gospel. There's your invitation. And you decided, yes. I believe he's calling me, and yes, I want to follow Jesus. So you accepted the invitation, so now you're one of the elect. You know, some people never hear the invitation. I want you to understand that, even though it's given. You may have friends or loved ones you've given the invitation to. I don't mean just to church. You talked about Jesus Christ, and it goes right over their head. They don't even listen to it. They don't even care about it. I don't understand that. I can't explain that. But you heard, if you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you heard the invitation. You heard the truth and you accepted it. So you have to realize this, this is not your world now. It's not easy sometimes. And that's who Peter is talking to. Know that. Remember that. Know that. Remember that. 
Thank God for it. The grace you've been given an invitation to his kingdom. And you can move forward and you can build in that. That's what we're going to build in. The fact that we do belong to Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. And he describes Pontus, Galatia, all these different. And then he says, verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. There are four awesome blessings of God's grace here. Four awesome blessings of God's grace. And these are the things that we need to understand and comprehend if we're able to build into this culture and this social stratosphere that we live in with all the technology and all the internet and all these voices coming in. You must understand as believers who you are and what you've been given. We need to be rooted in these things. If someone asks you, who are you exactly? What would you say? How would you describe why you do the things you do? How would you describe? Oh, Saturday night, hey, we're, hey, we're going to go watch the game over at uh, BW3s. No, no, I'm going to church. You're going to church on Saturday? Is that something you do like on Sunday? You're going to church on Saturday night? What, what are you going to church for? How do you answer that? You know, when I was growing up, I listened to my youth pastor, and he used to say, if you were arrested, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? Anybody ever heard that? Yeah, that's the old one. Well, I'm, a, I'm a saying, what would you say to someone who said, well, who are you? Why are you going to church on a Saturday night? Or why are you taking a Sunday morning at 11.15 to go to church? Half the day's over by then, man. What's, what are you doing going to church? What would you say? Describe. If we can understand these four things I'm going to give you today, and maybe you already understand them, but I, I want to share these with you. If you can understand these, they will... And here's the reason. They will quiet the worries inside of you. They will quiet the fears that we have and that Satan tries to cause in our lives. It will quiet our discouragement in this season and our worry because we know what we believe and who we are and what we've been given. You know, I, uh, I am sobered. Uh, by the by, the amount of people in the body of Christ, I meant er, mentioned earlier about some people will never go back to church. Uh, but I have been sobered by the reaction of God's people at this time, in many cases, people who uh, who had called themselves believers and 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 they are they, they are they, they I believe they are, but they are they are oppressed with worry. They're, they're just overwhelmed by this world. And my brothers and my sisters, it should not be that for us. I, I know we go through diff, difficult times, and I know that we have an enemy. But if, if we truly know who we are in Christ and what we've been given, we should be able to, through prayer, through encouragement, through other believers, we, we, we need to be overcoming that. But I am surprised how many people are overwhelmed and they're believers in Christ. So here's the first one. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God 
the Father. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. If you're God's child, your story was written into God's book before you were born. It's an incredible thought. I don't understand it. I can't explain it, but I believe it. That I was brought into God's book. And when I validated that by in this life, in my life, I heard the invitation and I accepted it. My name was written into the Lamb's book of life. My name is in the book of life, but it's determined, I don't know how, that I'd be in there before time began. That's an unbelievable thought. But you need to know that. You understand that. If you're God's child, your story was written into God's book. He knew you and knows you that way because he chose you and you accepted the invitation. The little story of Mark Davenport has been embedded into God's redemptive plan. My life story involves God. And that's what makes me different. That's why Peter, who had a rough start, we have to admit he had a rough start, can now write a letter and the church is on his shoulders. And he said, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? If God can use Peter, he ought to be able to use Mark Davenport. And he wants to. Realize who you are. If you've received that invitation, accepted that invitation, you've heard that call, you believe it, and you're his child, you're part of God's redemptive plan. Say, I need to know that. Say it. I need to know that. Say it. I need to know that. Because that's going to help me. Second thing. By sanctification, God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, God knew, that's why I've been given this. I've been given sanctification. Do you understand? That God knew that forgiveness for me was not enough. Forgiveness for us is not enough. You mean, what do you mean? Well, it changes my heart to a degree that I can have a new home in heaven. I can now pray. I have a direction I'm going. But forgiveness is not enough because I still have sin in me. I still have sin in me. My heart is not perfected. I've been redeemed. I've been born again, but my heart is not perfected. So sanctification, see if you can catch this, this idea, God unzipped me and the Holy Spirit stepped into Mark Davenport. And now through sanctification, that's what sanctification is, he's, been, he's given this to me as a follower of Christ. I now have been enabled, say that word, enabled to be able to say no to sin. I have the ability to progressively become more like Jesus Christ. Yikes. Are you kidding me? If I participate in the Christian life, if I participate, you guys, you're here tonight. You're participating. Hopefully you've been born again. You heard that call. You've been invited. And and your, your life is part of God's book, God's plan, redemptive plan. You're the elect, but you're in exile. 
How are you going to live there? Well, you're going to live there because the Holy Spirit came inside of you. He unzipped you and he came in and now he's going to enable you to have power over sin and to help you become more and more like Jesus Christ. Say, I need to know that. You do. And I do. And I need to get up in the morning and I need to remember that. Because that will help me say no to certain things. And say yes to church on a Saturday night. And then it says, in obedience of the Spirit. For obedience to Jesus Christ. According to the foreknowledge of God, the elect. Of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit. For obedience to Jesus Christ. Now see if you can't get this. I have been given the opportunity to know right from wrong. The Holy Spirit that's inside of me, that unzip, God unzipped me, Holy Spirit walked into my life, He sanctified me. You know what? You know the right from you know the difference between right and wrong. Come on now, we know. And God lets us know. And we're to be obedient. You know what this means? It means that we've been given the power to obey. Generally saying this, generally speaking, most believers sin on purpose. Ain't that the fact? We know I probably shouldn't do that. It's not a good thing for me to do. Is it the best thing? No, probably not the best thing. But I'm going to do it because I want to do it all bad. And then we ask God to forgive us. And God in his long suffering, we call out to Jesus and he, he forgives us. And he says to us, I'm living inside of this cat. He needs to start saying no to some of this stuff. And we need to grow in Christ and grow in Christ. We have been given, listen now, now, listen up. We've been given the power to say no. We don't have to sin. We've been given the power to obey. What else did I write down here? I don't want to forget. Oh, here we go. Every command that I have been given by God in his word or through the Holy Spirit, think about this, I have been given an accompanying grace to live that way. Don't you believe that? That God's given me the grace to say, yes, I'm not going, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, I'm going to live this way. I don't have to give in. I don't have to fail. I have the power to say no. I've been given that. You say, well, I don't want to know that, but I need to know that. You say that, I need to know that. Say it, I need to know that. I don't have to fail. Now, in this a little bit towards the end of the message, I'm going to remind you that we can confess that sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us that sin. And the fact is, if you believe in Christ, if you heard that invitation and you invited him in and you're, you're one of his elect, the fact is you're, you're convicted when you do it. There's conviction there. And I'm going to say this again later, and, but you're going to hear it now. Don't run from conviction, but run to confession. Don't run from conviction. In my own life, I'll tell you right now, I've been convicted of something before I even did it. I mean, after I did it, I, I was convicted. Convicted after I did it, I thought, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I mean, God starts speaking. You need to confess that as sin, and I don't want to look at him. I don't want to look at it because I know I shouldn't have done it, and I did it anyway. How can I can possibly? And as a, as a, my, I've got a, I've got a, a, a 
pattern in my life that at the end of my day, when I lay down in bed, I go through everything in my day, and I think about the stuff that I did, and, and I go through this, and I ask God to forgive me, and to forgive me for this, and thank you, God, for doing this, and I just go through a, a, a time where I just think about all the blessings, and then the stupid things that I've done, and then the things that I did that were sinful. At the end of that day, I come to that, there it is. I knew, I knew at 8 o'clock when I went to bed at 10.30, I was going to have to talk to God about this. I knew that he was going to convict me about it. I needed to, to confess it, so now I do. Obedience. We've been given the power to not sin. We don't have to sin. And then the last one, the fourth one is, by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. By the sprinkling. Obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. I'm going to read this to you in the NLT just to give you another idea. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the providence of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you obey him. And you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we've been given. Now think about this. Sin leaves an irremovable stain. Irremovable. You cannot get it out except for the blood of Jesus Christ. So, if you've accepted the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, you've been cleansed. I am clean. I have no shame. I have no fear. I have no debt load. You wash it away. I stand before God, clean, because sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? You need to know that, right? You should know that as a believer. So how do we move forward in new seasons of life. This is 2023. Some of you are starting new jobs, new opportunities. I'm, this will be my last Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. You won't see me for maybe a year. I'm leaving Tuesday morning. My wife and I are moving to uh, 15 miles north of Manhattan, going to a church that needs our services. This is what we do. We've been here for seven months, so I get both knees done. And, you know, praise the Lord, I walked up these. I la- First time I ever came up here, do you remember I had a cane? You know? I can't do the moonwalk, but I can, I can walk on the earth again, praise the Lord. So, but the first time I was here back in, in May, you know, I, I could hardly walk. I was hurting so bad. This one was done in July. This was done in September. You folks have, have seen me walk around and get better. You've seen me put my feet up. Like, you guys have been awesome to me. But I'm getting ready to enter into a, another season in my life. I'm taking, I'm taking the church to help them, a church of 275 that's down to 60 people. And they're in danger of closing their doors. Big church, big church building. But uh, they need help. We'll take them through a five-step program. Uh, we'll get involved with them. I'll sh- share in the pulpit each week. We'll be involved in their lives. We'll interview all the church. We'll do all, all these different things. And then we'll put together a, a transition committee and a pastor search committee, and then we'll try to find a new pastor for them. And that usually takes 8 to 14 months. It took me 20 months in Massachusetts because I didn't know what I was doing. It was the first time. Um, I'm, I'm just teasing. That's not true. 
It just took a little bit longer because it's unseen for situations. But so I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. But I tell you, when I leave and I go to New York, I'm still going to be this person. And I'll tell you, this message will be my first message next Sunday morning. Because we're going to be preaching through the first Peter, the whole, cha- the whole book. So I thought this would be a good thing to talk about here because he wants, you know, who are you? He wants to know how to build in the future, etc. That'd be a good thing for us to know up there too. So I'm preaching the same message uh, up there next Sunday morning. And then we'll start the process. So pray for us, would you? Now my wife will be coming back every two weeks. She's going to be up there for two weeks with me and then we're going to fly her back. She'll be here at the church and with the grandkids for two to three weeks a month. And uh, I have a lot of meetings and such, but I need her up there too. But... Uh, she needs to be here with the grandkids and be involved with bedrock and such. So she'll be back. You'll see her, but you won't be seeing me probably until maybe March or April. Be back maybe for a week or so. So how do we move forward? I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, okay? Remember who you are. A child of God. Number two. You're living in exile. I'm living in exile. Say that. I'm living in exile but I'm chosen by God. It's going to be hard sometimes. So do you agree with me so far? (laughs) Three, most of the time, I'm going to be a minority. Four, but I'm part of God's history. And he's part of mine. Five, God is alive in me. He's empowering me, giving me victory, and helping me to become more like him. Six, he's given me the power of obedience. I don't have to fail. But if I do, don't run from conviction. Run to confession. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Number seven. Amen. Number seven. I stand clean. I stand redeemed. Sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am his. Now, one of my favorite songs is uh, Waymaker. I love that little inner, the, even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when I don't, it builds, it builds. And then Cody goes up an octave. He, I, don't, I don't, can't sing like Cody. I wish I could. He got those genes from his mama, not me. But, but you know, I just love that because that's the truth. And what is that? That's sanctification. That's when he unzipped me and got me in there. Got in there. And he said, well, even when I don't feel it. Even on my bad days. Even when I don't feel it. He's working. He's in there. And that's important for us to know. We have been given these four things. Now, I love how, he, how Peter ends his first part. He says, I'm Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all you chosen people who are foreigners out there. Talks about what we've been given. And then he says... After that calling, may God give you more and more grace and peace. Based upon what I just said, Peter says, grow in grace 
in peace. Don't forget bedrock. Grow in grace and peace. Now we've got to ask this question, right? Got to ask this question. Have you heard the call? <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. Did you get the invitation? And have you answered it and said, I, I want to come? I, I want that. Well, here's the thing. If you haven't, give me a little background music, a little, little bit of music to, to move the heart soul here. I get nothing. Blake gives me nothing. He gets all this stuff. I get nothing. <laughs> if you have heard as I've been speaking tonight, this is because this is how God invites us. He, he hear, you hear the word and you understand truth and then you decide and the Holy Spirit taps you on. This is for you. Hey, I'm inviting you. This is for you. And then you say yes. Or you try to ignore it. And this might be the 10th time you've heard it and he's tapped on your shoulder. Might be the last time. I don't know. I have no idea. But don't ignore that. Don't ignore this. Because everything I've shared tonight is the word of God and it's something we all need to know. What we have been given. Who you can be if you receive it. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thanks for the grace and peace that only you can give us. I do pray for Blake as he speaks in Virginia. Use him in a mighty way tomorrow morning. Encourage the people that he speaks to. And God, I pray that I've been an encouragement here to these folks and a reminder of what we've been given through the awesome power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that you live inside of us. And we don't have to live in failure and be fearful and worry. You are right here with us. You are inside of us. And we don't have to sin. We can be obedient because you have given us the power of obedience. We also have the power to ask for forgiveness. Help us to get in the habit when we do sin, even knowingly, to confess it, to thank you for conviction and confess it as sin. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives and the lives of bedrock. Bless this church in the coming weeks and months as we step into a new, a new time. And I think we all sense it. This is not last year or the year before. This is now. And we're moving into a new season of serving you. Continue to use us to proclaim the gospel. And may we, pro may we glorify Jesus Christ and your Father. And we ask in your name. Amen.